0: Now, once again, here's Mark.
2: Welcome back,
3: everybody, four minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. I'm going to go to the phones real quick because Anthony's waited through this break, and I'm going to reward him with an instantaneous, how the heck are you, Anthony? What can I do for you?
4: I'm hanging in there, bud. How are you
3: Good. Doing? Good.
4: All right. Here's my thing. I have a 99 Chevy Maldo. It has a 2.4 engine, and the situation is the fuel gauge more or less. I hope it's not the unit going bad in the tank. But what's going on is that the needle usually sits in the middle, it floats a little bit down, it floats a little bit up, and then can't read the actual accuratization of how much gas is in the tank. So we've been doing it by memory if I put five to fifteen dollars in every so often. Now if we don't do that, uh, out of nowhere the needle just drops down all the way the chime comes on showing that uh, either the gas tank is really low on gas and it might be hitting a little bit of the reserve. My question is, I was told that in order to fix it, i got to drop the tank, take out the sending unit, but the sending unit in this particular manner is attached to the fuel pump. I was hoping, <laughs> hoping and praying that I don't have to do that, possibly if there's any vacuum lines that go up into the... The engine compartment, or some sort of a, a tubing that goes there that I could look for, but maybe it might be broke, might no, be open, and no, not giving. No,
3: no, no, you're you're completely in the wrong direction. All right. Um. Here, here here's, <laughs> um. It's true that we have to drop the tank oh, and yeah. uh, replace the sending unit, and it's true that it's separate from the fuel pump, but so what? On a 1 to 10 scale, we're talking about a 4 or a 5. I know. This isn't giant stuff. Now, number two, um, I have a couple of options here for you. All right. First of all, I want you to go buy a bottle of Tecron. A bottle of Tecron. You can probably buy it from the local Chevron station. And I want you to put a bottle in for one tank and a bottle in for the other. Because sometimes the piano keys on the sending unit get all varnished up and ugly. All right. And, and 50% of the time, this will fix an erratic gas gauge that you describe.
4: Okay. It's only now, one tank.
3: I know, but what I want you to do is guess. fill it up, and yeah. you're looking at your odometer so you know when it's time to get gas, right?
4: Well, no. Everything is guesswork. It's a mystery. During the only time, oh. like I said, we've been doing it just by uh, memory in order to make sure that there is gas in there always.
3: Okay, well, hold on, hold on. Okay. How many gallons does it take? 16? 16?
0: Yeah, maybe. I guess. Okay,
3: 16. So, I mean, if you're get if you getting 15 miles to the gallon, it doesn't take a genius to figure that, you know, on my pickup truck, for instance, mm-hmm. when I get to 50, uh, when I, I know that I'm going to get 550 miles per tank full because I hold 54 gallons. All right. So I already know that at 500, I need to start looking for a gasoline station. So you can you can you know you can use your trip odometer to determine how, how you're doing. But but my point is this: run it down, fill it up, add a bottle of Techron, run it down as low as you dare, fill it up, and add another bottle of Techron. Okay. Number two. I can check your fuel gauge. We need to find out if it's the gauge in the dash that's got a bad connection or if it's the sending unit in the tank. I'm going to go back underneath the car. I'm going to clip the wire to the sender. I'm going to attach a box to it. I'm going to look at a book, and it says on a 99 Malibu, one is full and four is rich. So I do one, and I say, hey, Anthony, what is this saying? And You say it's saying half. And I go, okay, well, f- one is full and four is empty. So I go, hey, Anthony, I move it to four. I say, what is it doing now? Oh, it's just still at half. Well, I'm sending a signal separate from your 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 signal generator inside your fuel tank. Okay. So if the gauge doesn't respond appropriately, then the gauge in the dashboard is where you're going to go. Ah, okay. So the diagnostic process is is much easier than that, and really and truly. Have you, have you replaced the fuel pump in the last four years on this Malibu?
4: No. Who knows? If, okay, if maybe if you'd, once or probably might even be the original. No.
3: Okay, and if that's the case, and you don't know, then I would just buy the entire assembly. I'd put a fuel pump and a sending unit in it at the same time. But here's the sin of that: eh. what happens if you put a sending unit in there and the gauge still acts up? You misdiagnosed it. Yeah. So it's really the gauge that's the problem, or the printed circuit at the dash. So that's why you have to. I mean, really and truly, it's, somebody's going to charge you fifty, seventy-five dollars to run a test on the gauge for you because yeah. it's going to take three quarters of an hour. Sure. So, I mean, that's that's what I would do. I just call somebody and say, "Hey, can you test the the, the, the test my yeah. gauge to see if okay. respond appropriately?" Yes, it does. Okay, then it's the sending unit that's bad. All right. All
5: righty.
4: Yeah, I didn't want to just go through all that, and then, I think it's like three hundred, four hundred dollars for the whole thing, but what are you going to do,
3: right? Yeah, no, you got no choice, buddy. You got well, and you know you can drive it this way for a long time if you would just use your trip odometer and figure out exactly what 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 kind of fuel economy are you getting because you can do that by just filling up the tank and then dividing sure. how many miles I did by how many gallons I used and you say okay, well I'm getting 15. So then you look in your owner's manual, find out how many gallons of gas you have. You're getting average in 15 miles a gallon. Boom, boom, boom. With a little bit of math, my wife could figure this out in seconds. <laughs> so, all righty, good luck to you, Anthony. Hey, you- have a great week, right. buddy. Same to you. Thank you very much for that, Joe. Good morning to you. How can we help you this morning?
6: Good
3: morning. Good morning. Uh, can you hear me now? Yes, sir. I can. Yes, sir, Joe.
7: Yes. Can you hear me now?
3: Yes, sir. I can hear you.
7: Oh, I'm sorry. I was listening last week when you were talking about the temperature gun. Yes. You have another use for the temperature gun. And that is in the case of an ill person or a young person, baby or a small child, when you need to know the temperature of the food they're using so that it's not too hot or too cold. Yes. That temperature gun is a miracle.
3: You, you, you bring up a great point. That, that's a great point. Tell me, you obviously have experience in this. Tell me this, just quickly, tell me the circumstances where you've decided that's an, an appropriate thing.
7: My wife could not speak due to many illnesses. And, uh, of course, she had to eat. And I had to figure out a way to determine what was a comfortable and desired temperature of her food. Not too cold, not too hot. And I thought of the gun. That's a
3: wonderful idea. That is a wonderful idea.
7: (laughs) And when the hospice-registered nurse saw that, she put out a bulletin that this is the answer to a long-sought, uh, an long-sought answer to a question that's been around forever. How do you know what the temperature is that's desirable for a small child that can't tell you, or any person who has an illness that can't tell you?
3: What what temperature did you arrive at? Uh, what what? Tell me the parameters you had.
7: 118
3: to 122 or 3. Okay. Because my wife is sitting here next to me, and we're both laughing. We went to an Italian food place the other day, and I ordered lasagna. And they brought it on this plate. was like red hot. You couldn't hardly touch it. They had big mitts on and They set it down, and there's there's their sauces boiling and stuff like that. And, 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 Joe, I cut it open, and the inside looked like ice. And I okay. was kind of I was disenchanted because because the they had obviously warmed it up in the oven but they didn't didn't nuke the center of it, and so I didn't send it back and I just mixed it with some of the other stuff and I ate it and I'm I'm an easy guy to please but what what you're saying makes so much sense so 118 to bike, 122 is what what people would consider to be an appropriately warmed up food.
7: It seemed to be and it satisfied her very much and that was. The
3: whole world. Yeah. Well, God bless you for that. Thank you very much for sharing that with us. And uh, and what part of town do you live in? North Scottsdale. North Scottsdale. Okay. Well, it, it, where'd you buy your temperature gun? Do you remember? From you. Okay. <laughs> Don't tell them the story, Joe. Don't tell them the story. Um, actually, folks, um, we buy those guns by by the caseloads, and um, when someone comes in with an RV that spends thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, or they spend a lot of money, um, and we give them a temperature gun so they can check their tires and their different aspects of your RV, and a temperature gun is a very important part of, of maintaining your RV, and we give those away, uh, especially like on a big set of tires or something like that. We'll give them a temperature gun so they can can monitor the temperature of their tires rather than having to to do the inflation. So um, that's where that's where Joe got it from. Is us. <laughs> he obviously spent a little bit of money, and they gave him a a, a free temperature gun. So thank you, Joe. Thank you that for, for that very much. Going on to another happy subject. Quality Transmission is in Tempe, and in my opinion, there's no finer transmission shop in all of Tempe than quality transmission. They're on McClintock north of University in Tempe. If you remember where the old minder binders was, they're just about a block and a half north of that on the east side of the road. Um, They're going to do what they say. They're going to use the correct parts. If they have a problem, if you have a problem after they've done work on it, they're going to take care of it with no hassle. They're not going to take you for a ride. They're not going to sell you something you don't need. And they're not going to quote a transmission overhaul for something they can fix far less than that. They're honest. They're dependable. Bob and Steve at Quality Transmission are friends of mine. And I can tell you with complete comfort that they're going to treat you fair. And if you want to stop by and have somebody drive your car and just listen to the symptoms and you can make it happen, then they're good guys to do that. They're not going to hook up all the diagnostic equipment for free, but they're going to drive your car, discuss the issue, and probably be able to come close on a price for the repair all at once. So that's Quality Transmission in Tempe. Uh, 602-508-0960 is the phone number. Uh, Gil, how many lines do we have open? Are we wide open right now? Gil? Gil? Are we wide open right now on the lines, or how many have we got available? All right, no problem. Well, lines are wide open, folks. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. The other day, um, you know the uh, the Car Talk column in the Arizona Republic, um it's written by the the Maguzi brothers, um Magaluzi brothers and and they were from NPR Radio and they uh, they were click and clack. And so the guy writes off that he has three windshields on his wife's car and um in a very short period of 3 months. And uh, and he says that she's a tailgater, and and he thinks that the reason why she keeps having her windshield broken is because of rocks and gravel and debris um, from cars in front. I don't agree with the response. They say that you're. Uh, Their hypothesis is is that the wife is driving with an inferior quality replacement windshields and they say, next time you need a windshield, take it to your local Toyota dealer and have them install a bona fide original equipment Toyota windshield and then see what happens in three months. Um, I don't agree with that in any way, shape, or form, because Toyota doesn't have a factory that makes their windshields. They're like Chevy and Ford and Dodge and Chrysler and Fiat and Subaru and everybody else. They go to some big windshield manufacturer, and they buy some windshield off the shelf. So it's not like that it may come in a Toyota box, but I defy you to find... A building that says We build Toyota brake parts or we build Honda brake parts or we build this or we build that. Your car is built by the cheapest bidder, and the fact of the matter is is that companies I deal with to buy parts for your car are oftentimes the the same companies that provide those same parts in different boxes. I'll give you an example. Motorcraft oil in a can is not Motorcraft; it's made by Kendall. So Motocraft oil today is Kendall oil. It's just in a Motocraft bottle. And Honda oil is Kendall as well. So they just recently won the contract for those two contracts. Like I said, there's no place that builds Honda oil, Toyota oil, or Honda parts or Toyota parts. They buy it from bidders, and they sell the same belts and hoses to everybody else. So um, I don't agree with that, and it creates the perception that Toyota has a better windshield than everybody else when, in fact, they don't. I'll give you one other quick example, and then I'm going to take a break. Eighty-nine percent of the car batteries made and used in the United States are made by the same company. They have what I call a bowling alley atmosphere where this battery comes down and it gets a NAPA sticker, it gets a Walmart sticker, it gets an interstate sticker, it gets a good boy sticker, it gets a bad boy sticker, it gets a chevron sticker, a mobile sticker, whatever. It's the same battery that comes down the pike and it just has a different sticker on it. 89% of the batteries in the United States that are presently on shelves or in cars are made by one company in Ohio. So for you to think that you're getting a a really good quality battery because it has a certain label on it, that just simply isn't true. We'll be back right after this. You have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive,
5: and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Auto was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the VBB online. They're proud of their A rating. They have ASC certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Auto offers a precursory inspection, the same as some charge $49 for. Them. They offer a two year, 24,000 mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have two Thunderbird Autos to choose from. One at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird in Peoria, just west of the 101. And one at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise, that's just south of Grand Avenue. For more information, see ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Visit them at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird in Peoria, and at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise, just south of Grand Avenue. ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. The Robert Graham
1: Show, an insider's look.
5: Politics, you can ignore it. You can be a passive bystander, and you can kind of watch these games play out around the country, or you can engage and be an active participant in something that's actually going to mean something.
1: From the chairman of the Arizona GOP. We'll talk about
8: Arizona. We'll talk about the world economics and things that are impacting the U.S. We'll look at the things
1: that really matter to you. Sundays at 7 a.m., brought to you by IQ Wealth Management and Steve Jurich. Steve Jurich Imagine a safe and secure IRA rollover with a 10% to 15% upfront bonus with a guaranteed growth rate on your income account of up to 6% to 10%. Rather than dumping your 401k or IRA into a market destined to fall and fall hard, imagine never having to take another market-related loss as long as you live. You've worked too hard and saved too long to throw away your money now. Call me today or visit TrustIQWealth.com. That's TrustIQWealth.com. A promise was made. A promise that hit the beaches of Normandy.
2: A covenant that split the skies over Berlin. A vow that captured Iwo Jima. A promise was made. A solemn oath that liberated Seoul. A sacred trust that defended Kaysan. A pact that that dug in in Da Nang, a contract that weathered Tet, a promise was made, a pledge that stormed the desert in Iraq, a bond that patrolled door to door in Fallujah, an IOU that braved IEDs in Kandahar. A promise was made to America's veterans, a promise we all must keep. DAV fights for all veterans and their families so they get the health care, financial benefits, and support they earned. If you're a veteran who needs help or you'd like to help us keep the promise, visit DAV.org.
1: Patriot App Tip number 3. Listening to Seth Liebsen from 6 to 8 and want to chime in? Open your Patriot App, click the upper left-hand corner, and click on Call Studio. It's that easy. Download the Patriot App at your App Store today. Looking for a radio station that cares about real news and not afraid to go beyond the headlines? There's only one station for you, 960 The
3: Patriot and 960thepatriot.com. Welcome back, everybody, 22 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. The lines are away, wide open except for Michael. I'm going to get to Michael in just a second, 602-508-0960. If you have a car question, 602 602- 508. I want to tell you about Larry Harker's Auto. Um, a little while ago, I had a gentleman call me, and he had a problem. And the, the, the discussion always starts off this way. I've got this problem. Here are the symptoms, and nobody can fix it. And I've had it here, 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 and here, here, and here, and here. I said, the, best, the very best diagnostician is Bob over at Larry Harker's Auto. Larry Harker's is at 38th Avenue in Indian School. So he takes it over there. I wait a couple of weeks, and then I call Bob. Bob, did that car ever come in? Yes. Did you fix it? Yes. Tell me the story. He said it actually was a computer. He says, but I guaranteed him that my diagnosis was right. Now, he wasn't happy about spending $1,500, and he wanted to buy a computer over the Internet. The problem is is you can't reprogram that computer and tell it what kind of car it needs to run because he doesn't have the equipment necessary. He said he wasn't happy with the price, but he was happy with the end result because I fixed his air conditioning problem. I fixed his dashboard problem. I fixed a bunch of problems. He had lots and lots of problems, he says, but one fix fixed them all. So if you're looking for one of the best diagnosticians, if not the best diagnostician in all of the Valley, then you really deserve to go to Bob over at Larry Harker's Auto. Bob and Ellen own Larry Harker's Auto. Ellen runs the front. Bob runs the back. But he is by far one of the best diagnosticians I know. That's Larry Harker's Auto, 38th Avenue and Indian School. Been around a very long time. How about 1967? Been around a long time. All righty. Michael, good morning to you. How can I help you this morning?
4: Good morning, Mark. Last week on the radio show, you said there was a sealer that you had at your shop that cost 85 to to $100 Hundred twenty dollars and takes about a hour to install. What's, yes, the sir. Bra- what's the brand name on on that? In case they
3: come in. You know, I, I I must tell you, I struggle with the name of that every single day, and I can never remember the name of it. But I'll tell you what. Do you, you have email capabilities? No. Okay. Um, would you call? Do you have Do you have a pencil handy right now? I do. Okay. I want you to call four eight zero five nine eight. One two three four, and ask for Jeff, and just simply say Mark talks about a cedar that you use. Would you give me the name of it? Okay. And you have to follow the directions. So that means you need to have your wife involved because men don't follow injections directions well, and somebody reads and somebody does. But if you follow the direction, this works 100 percent of the time. If you don't follow the directions, it's not going to work. I'll is tell it, you that. Is
4: it for is it for head gasket?
3: Head gaskets, any kind of where we have a, a coolant leak into the combustion chamber or into an oil area, it's fixed both of those for us oh. And we have one car that's three years um, on that on that sealer and has never overheated and it clearly had a head gasket blown because we had water in number five cylinder. We had coolant in number five cylinder. Oh. so this has been the best thing we've ever found. So uh, Jeff will tell you what the name of it is. He's my parts manager. Okay? Thank you very much. You're welcome, Michael. Thank you. All righty, 602 At the beginning of the uh, radio show at, at 10 o'clock, we talked about um, why the auto industry isn't really in the very best shape. It's because we have negative equity in our cars, which means we can't trade them in. We can't buy new ones. Subprime is rising for those with, uh, with not so good credit. And so that prevents them from being able to buy a car. We have fleet sales are up, and that means a lot of cars are going to the fleets and start going on the showrooms. We have the Millenniums don't care much about cars, which eliminates an entire generation of people that just don't really care about having a new car. And then we have loan lengths are growing up to 72 months, 84 months, 96 months. So 34% of the sales now represent seven years of loan. So obviously people aren't going to be buying a car for a while because they're tied up in a seven-year loan. Well, let me tell you another thing that's going on right now about the car industry. And that is is the industry, the repair industry is struggling because we're making cars better than they ever did before. And we've got cars out there with 100,000 mile coolant, 100,000 mile transmission fluid, 100,000 mile spark plugs. And that's eliminated a lot of the maintenance. So the repair industry often decides that they know better so they're going to tell you to service your transmission at 30,000 or 15,000 mile intervals because it's Arizona and your owner's manual wasn't written for Arizona and I'm here to tell you that's not true. I'm also concerned about these inspections. There's a shop in town who does an inspection and they think that because they charge you for the inspection, that makes it more valuable to you. So they're going to charge you $50, $60, $75 for an inspection. And you're going to get a laundry list of things that your car needs. But here's the real reason why they charge you for the inspection. Because everyone who's doing the inspection and giving the customer a laundry list of things that need to be done on their car, the customer says thank you and leaves. So the shop has spent a lot of time, uncompensated time, and they don't have anything to show for it. So by charging you, we create the perception that it's valuable and it's valid and it's righteous and it has the s- the sign of the cross on it, which is all tr- not true anyway. So, but they're being compensated for the inspection in the event that you choose not to have anything done. And they're compensated for the inspection even if you do have something that's done. I think, there's, I don't think there's anything ethically wrong with that. I just want you to know about it. That's all. The inspection should be a good inspection during your oil change, and the technician is looking ahead only three, four, five thousand miles, and his job is to look at anything that might cause you problems in the next three, four, five thousand miles. Because from the Lord that allows us to know what's going to fail in your car 25,000 miles from now, 20,000 miles from now, 15,000, 10,000. We don't have that ability. We can guess. Nah, we can look at a tire and tell you that it's not going to go 10,000 miles. That's easy. But as far as telling you your transmission is going to fail in 10,000 or 20,000 miles, we don't have that. So I'm seeing a lot of free inspections. I'm seeing a lot of paid inspections, and I'm a little uncomfortable. I'm not going to participate in either one of those. If I get to do your oil changes, I'm going to look five, 7,000 miles ahead. I'm going to do your oil changes, tell you what you need, give you prices, no high-pressure sales, and tell you, go on home and think about it. So your car drove in, it'll drive out. So that's my feeling. 602-508-0960. You want to comment? 602-508-0960. We'll be back right after this.
6: This is Bob Jones, owner of Quality Transmission Service in Tempe. Over the years we've noticed we get two types of customers. One customer drives into our shop at the first sign of a problem and the other waits until the vehicle breaks down and has to be towed in. The drivers who bring us their transmissions right away often catch the problem in the early stages while it's still a minor problem. The other customers push their vehicle so the minor problem becomes major. So if you're ignoring the signs that your transmission needs service Won't you stop by Quality Transmission Service today while you have the best chance of getting good news about the repair? The problem won't go away on its own. Find out for yourself why customers love us. Check out our listing on Mark Salem's website, Best Car Repair Shops in Phoenix. At Quality Transmission Service in Tempe, we'd love to make you our customer, but only you can choose which type of customer you'll be.
9: The following is a paid political announcement. And we're live with Dr. Kelly
6: Ward, the conservative Republican who is challenging John McCain for U.S. Senate. Dr. Kelly Ward? Yes. Here are your questions. Support the troops? Of course. Tough on terrorism? Yes. Kelly Ward, open borders at home? No. Amnesty for illegal immigrants? No. Pro Second Amendment? Yes. Warrantless wiretapping? No way. Balanced budgets? Yes. Obamacare? No. Higher taxes? No. Is Kelly Ward pro-life? Yes, 100%. Are you bold, fresh, fearless? Bold, yes. Fresh, yes. And fearless, oh, yes. John McCain? No. Retired John McCain? Yes. Term limits? Yes. Finally fix the VA? Yes. Will Kelly Ward build the wall? Yes. I'll mix the mortar to fix the border. Vote Kelly Ward? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm Kelly Ward. Yes, I approve this message. Paid for by Ward for Senate.
7: How do we get a diagnosis?
2: What are the stages of the disease? When someone in your life has Alzheimer's, not a day goes by that you don't have questions. Do we need full-time care?
7: Are there any new treatments?
2: So many questions. Where do you start? How will I pay for this? Where can I get extra help? Alzheimer's.gov a reliable resource for information about Alzheimer's and related dementias. What happens next? Where can I find answers? The answers start here.
1: Patriot app tip number four. Want your voice heard? Email or leave a voice message straight from your Patriot app. Just open it up, click the upper left-hand corner, and select email or talk back. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Patriot app tip number one. Not only is the Patriot app great for streaming our live programs, you can access all Patriot podcasts. Click on the upper left-hand corner and select podcasts to find all our great weekday and weekend programs. Download the Patriot app at your app store today.
3: Welcome back, everybody. My name is Mark Salem. and It's 1134. We've got open lines available. If you'd like to talk car, car questions, car problems, 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960, 508-0960. 602-508-0960, 960 This portion of Under the Hood is brought to you by Automatic Transmission Exchange. I sent a good friend of mine over to Automatic Transmission Exchange not too long ago to talk to Phil. I saw him last night at dinner. He said I was really impressed. The guy clearly knows what he's talking about. He drove my truck. He actually said to me, if you'll just do this, kind of manually shift it from first to second... The symptom will go away, and the transmission could last another 50,000 miles. But if you want to overhaul it, it's going to cost you 47 or 5400 dollars. And he told me the difference between 47 and 54. He says if you want a transmission like you have, it's 47. If you want a high-performance transmission that's going to handle you hauling that big boat of yours, then 54 is the number. He said I'm really impressed. He said he really intru- and he taught me how to eliminate the symptom. And he says, and he said that transmission could last another year or two. So he's, 68. he's at 40th Street in Washington. He's open on Saturdays from 8 to 12 for you to stop by and talk to Phil. Phil's a good guy. He's a plain old kind of cowboy guy. No BS, tells you the truth, and he's not there to sell everybody that comes into transmission. He's there to just put you in a comfort zone, and he'll give you all the numbers you need to be in a comfort zone. So Automatic Transmission Exchange, one of the oldest transmission shops in the valley that I could find, and they've been around since 1967. Okay, when we start talking about you as consumers, I want to read you a story here that uh, kind of targets what's going on in our industry and in the repair industry. We have this shop that was doing 65 cars a day. Their average ticket price was $480, and they did about $1.5 million. And in reality, if you take... You know, 65 cars times $80 an hour times 250 days, which is, that's working Monday through Friday. It comes out to 1.5, so the numbers are good. So he has this guy come in and teach him how to be a better businessman. Of course, they don't tell you how much this consultant charged him, but it's thousands and thousands of dollars. So today he says that he has not 65 cars, but only 30 a day. So his 14-bay shop only has 30 cars a day, and before he was doing 65 cars a day. However, he went from $80 in average ticket price to $450 in average ticket price. And that $1.5 million is now $3.5 million. And the numbers work. So, so ask yourself as a consumer, what happened here? Well, he the, the real answer is he went from $80 average in RO to $450 average in RO. I want to tell you, $450 in the mechanical world is an unbelievable number. In the transmission world, it might be more likely because their transmission repairs, like we just talked about at Automatic Transmission Exchange, those can be, you know, on the short side, $2,500 all the way up to six, seven, eight thousand $8,000. So a $450 average transmission shop ticket is probably there, but mechanical side, boy, that's kind of steep. So I think about that, and I ask my wife, what, where are we at? And she says, we do, we do a lot of credit card business. We probably do $200,000 a month. And she says, "And our average ticket price isn't within $125 of that. But the idea is this. If we can convince you that we have your interest in front of our own, and we can sell you transmission services early, and tire rotations early and flush your brake fluids and flush your power steering, flush your transmission, flush your intake manifold, flush your cooling system and all that other stuff. If we can convince you that we actually have your interest in front of our own, then historically most of you will cave in. But I suggest you just take a different attitude for my shop and everybody else's shop. Is you just say, what does my owner's manual say? When does my owner's manual say, I need to do this? And what symptoms do you see that suggest I need to to do this work now? And I would like you to write down on my work order what it is you think I need. I want you to tell me how much I have to write my check for before I leave the house. And then just sign your name and put your phone number on there. Folks, I'm here to tell you that the bad guys won't do that. They won't do that because they're not going to sign their name. They're not going to write down something they know isn't true. They're not going to let you take that information to a lawyer or the attorney general's office or some consumer fraud division place and let them have that information. So you separate the men from the boys. Now, here's how it sounds when it's right. You are due for 100,000 mile transmission service. Your fluid is brown, and I'm going to write that down. Your fluid is kind of burnt. We need to do this, and it's supposed to be done at 100,000 mile interval when you're at 98 or you're at 102, whatever. So I'm going to write it down. Your fluid is burnt. It's brown. It's no longer cherry red. The transmission flush and service is $400. Mark Salem and here's my phone number. You see that's how it works. But when I try to sell you a transmission service and I'm guessing that you don't know that you have a hundred thousand mile fluid and it's at 30, then I can probably talk you into doing a 30 transmission service because I know you haven't looked at your manual. But your manual is written for your car in every state of the union, including Hawaii and Alaska. So don't let them tell you that Arizona is any different than Death Valley or any different than Texas or Louisiana or anybody along the I-10 corridor in the summertime. So that's my thought process on upselling and taking an average ticket price from 80 to $450.
6: You know how they got there. We'll be back right after this. Hello, I'm Bob Jones, owner of Quality Transmission Service in Tempe. As a kid, I was a Boy Scout, which taught me to live my life by honest principles. Through hard work and dedication to those principles, I earned the rank of Eagle Scout. I started Quality Transmission in 1977 and set out to build the most honest and trusted transmission shop in the area. In 2003, Quality Transmission was given the first Business Ethics Award from the local Better Business Bureau and was presented to me by Steve Forbes of Forbes Magazine. No other transmission shop in the state has earned this award. Quality Transmission is also a charter member of Mark Salem's Best Auto Repair Shops in Phoenix, and we are one of only two transmission shops in the Valley that are AAA-approved auto repair facilities. I ran Quality Transmission using the principles I learned as a Boy Scout, which means that you can trust us to tell it like it is when you bring your car or truck to Quality Transmission in Tempe.
5: You have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Auto was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB Online. They're proud of their A-plus rating. They have ASE-certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Visit them at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria and at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise, just south of Grand Avenue. Thunderbirdautomotive.com.
6: You need a plan as you get closer to retirement, a plan that will take you from where you are now to the retirement you've always dreamed about. The first step on that path is to tune in to Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis every Saturday morning at 8. Your host is Phyllis sax She's the founder of PSP and Associates. You only retire once, but Phyllis helps people retire every day. Don't miss Retire Financially Fit with Phyllis every Saturday morning at 8 on 960 The Patriot.
2: On the next episode of Recipes for Disaster.
7: So we've got our neighbor Paul coming over tonight for a barbecue, which is why I prepared a delicious lemon rosemary steak marinade for my special collection of old family recipes.
5: That's when a sudden bout of food poisoning made it explicitly clear that profits weren't the only thing on the rise. Watch Recipes for Disaster at foodsafety.gov. You'll learn the right steps as Maria does everything wrong. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council.
3: Welcome back, everybody. 44 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. I'm your host. Every Saturday from 10 to 12, we talk about cars. Hopefully, you'll learn something that will save you some money. And um, as many of you know, um, I'm not here to sell you anything. I'm here just to help you with your car repair questions and car repair problems. It's not about anything that benefits me. I'm here just to help you with that. Um, One of the shops on my list of best car repair shops is Kurtz Auto. He's an I-17 in Bell, the northeast corner. Kurtz has been on our shop list for a very long time, and I'll tell you what's nice about Kurtz. He's a go-to guy had a lady with a problem with an engine sent her to Kurtz and she calls me back and tells me what a great relationship they had created and that he fixed her car and it was far less than everybody else said and he he, he just oozed confidence that's the kind of calls that I really enjoy i like the people that are happy and kurt generates an, an abnormal amount of people that are really happy So him and his wife and his staff do a good job. And if you're near I-17 and Bell, you break down. Or if you live anywhere near I-17 and Bell and you don't have a repair shop that you absolutely love, may I suggest Kurt's Auto Repair. And he's been around since 1987. So most of our shops have been around a long time. There's no shops on my list that opened up last year. or uh, All of them are five years and older because it takes that long for you to develop yourself into a good businessman. And that's my opinion. So let's go to the phones. Chris, you're up first. How can I help you today, Chris? Hey, Mark.
8: Um, got a uh, 2003 Silverado 2500 HD diesel. 2003. 83,000 original miles. Um, it's my baby. I love this truck. Um, my dealer told me that uh, the, the problem that I have in common with this particular vehicle, that is the gauge cluster failing. The first gauge that failed was the first gauge that failed. Mark was the, uh, the uh, altimeter, and then the tach failed. Uh, and then speedometer is failing. Uh, the gauges that are currently working are the fuel gauge, uh, the water. Temperature okay, you know, gauge. I
3: don't, I don't need to know all this because I, I already know about what you're talking about. What, what but, kind of price did they give you to fix it?
8: Um. You know, it's going to be over almost 500.
3: Okay. And that's did they use the word 200. stepper motor? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Did they use the word stepper motor or anything uh, like that? Do you remember anything like that?
8: No, no. There was no description of what they just said. They were going to have to uh, take the dash out and either replace it or rebuild it.
3: Yes. I would suggest that you call around to different shops in town here and find out who everybody's using, and I would suggest that you just take it directly to the vendor and have him do it and eliminate the middle guy. Now, there are some shops out there that actually can, can pre- perform this work themselves. You're going to save probably $200 if they do the work themselves, so if they pull the dash out and resolder in the necessary components to make it work. Mm. Um, I would probably... I would probably find somebody who's going to give you a guarantee, and probably going to fix it in house. And I think you're going to be in the three to four hundred dollar range. Five hundred dollars if they covered both replacement dash and repair at five hundred. I, I historically that's a little light. Usually it's it's north of six hundred fifty for a complete, and it's five hundred for a repair. I would probably clarify that with them.
8: Uh-huh. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. Second question. The uh, same dealer, this is the Chevrolet dealer, I won't mention the name of the dealer, but my Chevrolet dealer does maintenance on this truck, told me that to uh, change brake pads all the way around the truck would be about 1,500. Does that sound reasonable to you?
3: Well, um, if if it's 1,500, the question is, is what's in the 1,500? Are they replacing all the rotors and all the calipers and all the pads? Are they doing Mm -hmm. wheel bearings? Are they packing wheel bearings? No. What, what does that $1,500 include? Because in reality, most all of us are going to bid just what we call a pad slap. Otherwise, we're slapping new pads in. Right. And and, and that's going to be somewhere in the vicinity of 250 an axle. And if you're three-quarter ton, I'm going to go to 300 per axle. But I don't have any rotor money, and I don't have any caliper money. But the rotors are either too thin, and you have to replace them, the calipers are wearing the inboard pad more than the outboard pad. That's a very good symptom. That the calipers are defective. Or the hardware lets the outboard pad accelerate the wear than the inboard pad, and the hardware kit's 20 bucks. Jeez. So the question is, is what the heck is wrong with it? And, and and that's where you say, I need a detailed estimate from you on that 1500 bucks. Now, yeah. if I'm going to pull the tires and wheels on your truck, I have calipers. The rotor has the numbers written right on it. It says that this rotor has a minimum wear of 1.200 thousandths of an inch. 1 inch, 200 thousandths. I just take my calipers. Well, it has 1.4. I've got plenty of meat there I can cut off. I don't have any deep grooves, so I'm just going to refinish your rotors. So I'm not going to sell you rotors. On your calipers, if your brake pads are wearing evenly, let inboard, outboard, I'm not messing with your calipers. I think you got somebody who's doing some odometer surfing at eighty-three thousand. You've been around the world three times, and they're assuming that your rotors need to be replaced, and they're assuming your calipers, and so they're going to hit you with fifteen hundred. And if you okay it, the question is: is do you trust them enough? Does you do you trust your shop enough to really give you an eight fifty when that's all you needed, or are they going to go ahead and do the big full Monty fifteen hundred?
10: Got it. Got so it. just.
3: You need another opinion, or you need them to be specific about what the $1,500 covers.
8: Well, you know, when I took the truck in for uh, my oil change recently, you know, I said to him, because at $83,000, i am on my original brakes. I'm saying to, the, to my service tech, hey, you know, take a look at these brakes. I mean, at $83,000, and he comes back and says, Chris, you know, these brakes are, are in good shape. You still have 70% of your of your pad intact. I, I, I'm saying, how can that be? And he said, on uh, these trucks, those brakes are designed to go over a hundred
3: thousand easy. Okay. Said, well, but I, but
8: when you change them, it's
3: expensive, very okay, expensive. Okay. I don't I don't buy any of that, and I don't think he's an ASE master certified technician like I am, and I'm I'm pretty sure he hasn't been in the business running his own shop for 37 years. That none of that's true. It is true that you if you have 70 percent at 83,000. Here's the, let me ask you a question: brakes wear out when you use them. You haven't been using your brakes much because you have 70%, according to him, at 83,000. That means you're going to go 200,000 on your brakes, and that's BS. I can tell you that right now. You ain't going 200,000 on your brakes. I don't care if you coast for the rest of your life. You're not going to go 200,000. So it doesn't even make sense. So basically, let's say that most people do front brakes at 50. So here you are at 70% of your pad left, which really means you're at 20,000 miles in a relationship of fifty thousand, you need it, and twenty thousand, you still have seventy percent. Well, if you've only if you've got seventy percent of your brakes, then why do you need all those parts? Because you've only worn them at thirty percent. So why do you need rotors and calipers and hardware kits and all kinds of fancy dancy stuff? It doesn't make sense. The numbers don't jive.
8: That's why I'm on the phone with you, Mark.
3: Okay. Well, what part of town do you live in?
8: I'm in North Scottsdale. I'm not far.
3: i I know where your shop is too no no but you know take it over to air park auto there at rain tree and hayden yeah and and nadine owns that shop her husband passed away years ago but nadine owns that shop she's no bs lady you just say to her i'd like to you to rotate my tires and while you're there would you check the brakes and would you give me some kind of an idea of how many more miles i have and if you see anything any place that need to be that needs to be serviced now admittedly if, like I said before, if the inboard pad or the outboard pad on any one of the four corners of that truck is wearing aggressively, then you got a problem that, that needs to be fixed there. But that doesn't mean it's we extrapolate that because one wheel has a caliper that's bad that we're going to replace the other three. We might both do both on the same axle, but we're not going to just arbitrarily write up a ticket. I, okay. I would be very very mad at my service writer if yep. he said to you what you were told by that person at seventy percent left. 70% left and a $1,500 bid, that bid—that—that would create the necessity for a written reprimand, as far as I'm concerned.
8: Well, so Nadine's shop
3: is called Airpark Auto? Rain Auto, Raintree, okay, just east of Hayden. Yep. And, I mean, Thanks, All right. Mark. Thank you very much, Chris. Good luck to you. Steve, you're up next. Steve, how can I help you today?
10: Hi, Mark. Listen, uh, just to, to preface my comments, uh, your segment prior to the last commercial break about, you know, The type of operation you should be running uh, is the reason I've done business with you uh, for years, and I I, I just want to thank you for putting that out there. Thank you. Um, My question is primarily about aftermarket stuff, uh, particularly uh, full synthetic oils and air filters. You know, like k and air filters, and and specifically uh, the uh, some of the aftermarket.
3: Um, air synthetic oils, things like
10: that.
3: Okay, I can tell you that... Let's start with oils real quick. Um, I sell Chevron. I just left a 30-some-odd-year relationship with Valvoline. I'm not bad at Valvoline. I still like Valvoline. But it's just that Chevron offered me a better package. And so I'm real happy with Chevron. Um, Any name-brand oil is going to give you the same service as all the rest of them there 's there's not very much difference between one oil or the other, and i 'll tell you why it 's because they all have to meet a minimum standard so some of them if let 's say that the minimum standard is a hundred. Some of them will be at 101, some of them will be at 103, but there ain't nobody at 150. There is nobody at 200. There is nobody. We're all going to be between 100 and 105, and everybody's going to be there.
10: And I assume that that goes for the filtration systems for your individual. All right.
3: Now you you bring up a different story now. All right, let me tell you about the filtration system. There's some of them out there that you're going to be able to buy, and you have to buy the air filter, and it's cleanable, so you've got to buy the solvent. Then you've got to buy the oil. And by the time you do all of that, I ask my customers, I'm happy to do that for you. But in reality, you're going to have to, that air filter, that cleanable air filter, is going to be cleaned every 15,000 miles, and you're going to have to clean it for 200,000 miles before you make your first dollar. Because the panel, the air conditioning, the the throwaway air conditioning, a filter is so doggone cheap that you're gonna to have to go two hundred thousand miles and clean this thing and pay for all the cleaners and all the labor to do all that. Now and let me tell you this I sell a lot of those filters because there's a whole lot of guys that have jeeps and hot rod diesel trucks that don't care about what I say and they and they're happy to just have a Can or a cold air kit on their trucks. And that's okay with me. But in reality, the economics don't really stand firm when it comes to buying a fancy-dancy air filter. I've got cars out there with fancy-dancy air filters, and you can buy the air filter for that car at eight dollars at Walmart, and it's in a Fram box. Got it. So, that's my feeling. Okay. Sometimes... Well, listen. <laughs> Go ahead.
10: I, I appreciate the uh, okay. appreciate the heads up. Those of us running, uh, you know, older equipment uh, tend to get lured a little bit by the siren song and some of this advertising, so it's good to hear the straight poop, you know?
3: Thank you very much for that. Thank you, Steve. Frank, we got about two minutes. We need to be quick. Go right ahead, sir.
10: All right, quickly. Um, i got an ignition problem on my 97 Jeep Cherokee, okay. and uh, sometimes when I turn the key, all I get is a click. It doesn't happen all the time, but it happens enough that it could
3: lead you stranded. Sometimes. All right. I want you to go to MarkSalem.com, which is in my website, and I want you to print out FAQ-28. And okay. FAQ-28 will teach you how to look at the headlights when this is happening. It's going to say turn on the headlights. And then it's going to say the headlights are going to do A, B, C, or D. And and, and then I'm going to tell you what's wrong with your car. But on your 97 Jeep Cherokee, I'm going to guess right now that you have a bad starter solenoid. And that's going to necessitate. I would suggest that if you don't know when the last time it had a starter or a solenoid, I suggest you replace them as a pair. And here's what's going to happen when you hit the key and the headlights are on, the headlights will barely dim and you'll hear an audible click. And you'll keep doing that. Click, 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 click. And you'll see the headlights are shining in your garage on the wall. And you'll barely see a change in the in the intensity. It'll be white and bright and just barely, just a little change in intensity. And when you finally get it to start, you'll see them drop down a lot and then bounce right back up. Well, the starter's going to draw a lot of electricity, crank over your engine. That's why the the lights go from white and bright to just a little bit yellow. So if you hit the key and you hear the audible click and you see a light change in intensity in the headlights, then more than likely the starter solenoid is bad. So I've helped you out. But if you want to continue the conversation, send me an email to mark at marksalem.com. Mark with the K at marksalem.com. That goes for anybody. If you want to talk to me personally, if you leave me a phone number, I'll call you many times because I really hate to type that much. God bless you. Wear your seatbelt and I'll
0: see you next Saturday